Tonight's message is entitled, Worship is All About the Heart. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. God has always been concerned with the heart, even in the Old Testament. So let's read here, Ezekiel chapter 14. That's uh, page 578. I got a new Bible this week, and it's this real nice leather, you know. Um, Some of you don't know, I've signed a contract with Thomas Nelson now to do the Blessed Life devotional. Uh, And that'll come out in January, and then a Blessed Life study Bible. And so I was meeting with the Thomas Nelson rep about a week ago, and I said, do you all still have those Bibles with the real nice cover? He said, how many do you want? (laughs) I said, two, one for me, one for Debbie. I I know if I get something nice, never mind. Um, So, (laughs) all right, Ezekiel 14. Verse 1. Man, isn't this a good night? I'm just having fun. I'm just kind of excited. All right. Ezekiel 14, verse 1. Now, some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me. I want you to notice these are elders. Elders. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols." that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart, because they are all estranged from me by their idols. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent, turn away from your idols, and turn your faces, and that word means minds, your, your mind, away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel, or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, that, that literally refers prophetically to the Gentiles, who joined the people of God, us, who separates himself from me and sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. I'm not going to need your help to answer this person. I will set my face against that man and make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet is induced to speak anything, I, the Lord, have induced that prophet. And I will stretch out my hand against him, that's the prophet, and destroy him from among my people Israel. And they, notice they, now, this is the person who inquired and the prophet. And they shall bear their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be the same as the punishment of the one who inquired. By the way, if you're a prophet, you ought to take notice of this. That the house of Israel may no longer stray from me, nor be profaned anymore with all their transgressions. The next phrase, by the way, we're going to read is the most repeated phrase in the Bible. And I'll talk about that later in this series but that they may be my people, and I may be their God, says the Lord God. Now, 
I know that's a strong passage, but let's talk about it. Worship is all about the heart. These were elders. In other words, these were leaders in the church. And what he said they did was they set up their idols in their hearts. Why do you think they set them up in their hearts? They didn't want to set up wooden idols because they didn't want anyone to know that they weren't worshiping God. In other words, these were leaders in the church who came to church and put on a face and pretended to be worshipers, but they still had idols. They just had idols in their hearts. You understand what I'm saying? I wonder how many of us at some times fall into that category. We look real good in church, but actually we still have idols. We just have them where you can't see them, but God can see them. God has always been concerned about the heart. He, did, he wasn't concerned about outward expressions of worship in the Old Testament and inward in the New Testament. That is something we have to understand. Here's the Old Testament, and God said, I'm concerned because they have idols in the heart. He's always been concerned about the heart. Let me show you another verse. Deuteronomy 10:16. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart. That's, that's Old Testament. And then the New Testament Scripture, Romans 2.29, circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. Do you understand that circumcision in the Old Testament was never about a fleshly circumcision? It was always to represent salvation in the future. Always was to represent circumcision in the heart. So, let's, let's talk about a few things. If you have an idol in your heart, if you have an idol in your heart, this is what it will cause. Number one, spiritual deception. Spiritual deception. Ezekiel 14, verse 3 that we just read. And you can keep your Bibles open in chapter 14. We'll stay there the whole night. Verse 3. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. When you have an idol in your heart, you will be so deceived that you will begin to sin presumptuously. The deception will be so great that you will actually plan to sin. You will actually accommodate the sin. In other words, if you have a, 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 an idol of pornography, you will think about how you can get away or get private or somehow uh, mask and hide this sin that you have, and you will have to plan steps one, two, and three to be able to accommodate that sin. And let me explain something to you. That is the height of deception for a believer. When you sin presumptuously. Romans 13 verse 14 says, Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. But if there's an idol in your heart, and and please understand, the reason I can preach so well on this is because I've been just as big a sinner as anyone in this room. I understand planning to sin, planning to accommodate the idol. You, You have to understand, the idol... Is, is something that takes the place of God. It is something that your heart cares more about accommodating than God. And you begin to sin presumptuously. I will never forget counseling with a woman, telling her explicitly that what she was going to do, planning to do, was wrong. And she said to me, I'll just ask God to forgive me after. She had an idol in her heart. She was presuming 
on the grace of God. And that's wrong. And let me tell you what's going to happen after that. Here's the second thing that happens if you have an idol in your heart. This is what it will cause. Spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. Verse 5 says that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart because they are all estranged from me by their idols. Now, I told you last week, I like to read other versions of the Bible. But the reason I like to read the New King James is because it translates word for word from, from the Hebrew and the Greek. This word estranged is the, is the best translation. And literally what it means is a woman who is married who is in adultery and has left her husband to be in an adulterous affair, but she's still married. So here's what God says. Because these people have an idol in their heart, they're still married to me, but they've left me and they're in an adulterous relationship. Some people have never understood this and never heard this, and I literally could do a whole message on it, but sin is spiritual adultery. When you commit sin, you leave the intimacy that you have with your husband Jesus, and you go and you are intimate with an idol. But let me take this a first step further and explain this. First Corinthians 10 tells us the, the, an idol is nothing. This is what it says. An idol is nothing. It's the demon behind the idol. So let me take it a step further. When you sin... You slip out of bed with God. You go and you commit adultery. Literally give yourself to a demon. And then slip back in bed with God. Hoping he doesn't know where you were and what you did. But do you think he knows? He knows. And let me explain something to you again. He's not mad at you. But you are breaking his heart. In the same way a husband would feel if his wife did that. You're breaking God's heart. Let me um, show you a, a, a scripture. I was actually going to have you turn this at the first message, but it's just a couple of scriptures. But you ought to just jot this down and read the whole chapter later. All right, sometime this week, read the whole chapter. Jeremiah 3. Let me just show you a few verses. All right, Jeremiah 3 verse 6 says, The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen... What backsliding Israel has done? She's gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. Now, mountain is where you build altars, and a tree is where you build idols. Let me, let me show you another verse that explains it a little bit more. Jeremiah 3, verse 9. So it came to pass through her casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. How do you commit adultery with stones and trees? Literally, it's impossible. Spiritually, it's possible. Stones are what you build altars with. Trees are what you build idols with. They were building altars to foreign gods, which what are foreign gods? Demons. Demons. They, I've got so many scriptures I can show you. Deuteronomy 32 says that they sacrificed to demons, not to God. Demons didn't just show up when Jesus showed up. They've been there forever, too. They've been there since the angels fell. They're fallen angels. They were all through the Old Testament. When they built an altar and sacrificed to a God, and when those gods, false gods, even did things that looked like they were real gods, those were demons. 
So it's the very same thing. And then same chapter, verse 3, verse 14, chapter 3, verse 14, says, Return, O backsliding children, for I, says the Lord, for I am married to you. God is married to us. When we sin, we are having intimate relations with demons. It's a pretty strong message, isn't it? But you need to understand. Here's the other thing that that, uh, I want to just put out to you to think about today, all right? If you slip out of bed and go have intimacy with the demon, slip back into bed with God, if sin is spiritual adultery, and it is, when you sin, how do you ask forgiveness? Flippantly? Like it's no big deal? Maybe even when you're just driving down the road? Lord, I, I did that, shouldn't have done that, forgive me. Or are you just as broken as a spouse would be after committing adultery and being convicted about it and desiring to return to the intimacy of his or her marriage? How do you confess sin? I think the reason that we don't confess sin with heartfelt repentance is because we don't understand that it's adultery. So if you have an idol in your heart, it will cause deception. It will cause spiritual adultery. Here's the third thing it will cause. Spiritual deafness. Spiritual deafness. The reason these elders, <laughs> elders, went to the prophet, because it was because they couldn't hear God for themselves. They weren't just believers. They were elders. They were leaders in the church. And they couldn't hear God. Why why did they need to go to this prophet to get a word from God? The reason is they couldn't hear God. Why couldn't they hear God? Because they were sleeping with demons. Because they were estranged from God. They left their married, married partner and they were living with idols. They were living with demons. So how could they hear God? They weren't in his bedroom anymore. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, Your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. Let me tell you something else. Nor will He speak. He will not hear. He's not going to hear you when you pray, and you're in some, if you're in someone else's bedroom, nor is He going to speak to you. Have you ever gone through a season? Now, I understand. Let me, let me clarify this. I understand that we grow in our ability to hear God. In the same way that a baby grows in his ability to understand communication and to communicate, we all grow in our ability to hear God and to talk to God. I understand that. But having said that, have you ever gone through seasons when you felt like you couldn't hear God? Is it possible that you've allowed an idol to be set up in your heart. That you care more about what money says than what God says. That you care more about what fear says than what God says. That you care more about what lust says than what God says. That you care more about what anger says than what God says. That's an idol. You know, the Bible says to fear God. Let me give you a really clear definition of that. It may, and the fear of man is a trap, a snare. 
What that means is if you have the fear of man rather than fear of God, it means you care more about what people say than what God says. Okay, it's the same thing with an idol. If you care more about what anything else says other than what God says, you have something in your heart that's higher than God. And it causes spiritual deafness. See, here's what happens when you have an idol in your heart. The Holy Spirit is trying to woo you back to God because He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you to, to, to be in relations with a demon because He knows the end of that's death. So He's doing everything He can to pull you back to God. But here's what you do. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, but the demon is speaking to you. Here's what you do if you have an idol in your heart. You turn the Holy Spirit down and you turn the demon up. That's why you've got to go to a prophet to find out what God's saying. Rather than Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another graphic illustration of what you do when there's a, 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 an idol in your heart. You say to the Holy Spirit, be quiet. Be quiet. I can't, I can't hear him. And, and let me make it a little more graphic. Shut up. Shut up. I don't want to listen to you. I want to listen to this God. Remember I told you that the first step when an idol comes into your heart is deception? I talked with a man one time who was married and having an affair with another woman. And he said to me, we are praying together, that he and this other woman, we read our Bibles and we pray together and God is speaking to us. That is the height of deception. Let me tell you who was speaking to him. The demon. See, if you have an idol in your heart, listen to me very carefully, you will begin to think that you're hearing God. But you're hearing a demonic spirit who is telling you that it's okay. Did you know that Satan actually uses scriptures when he tempts you? And what's the, what's the proof of that? When he tempted Jesus, he used scripture, which to me is the height of stupidity, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I, I, I just think Jesus is thinking, you're quoting the Bible to me? <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> Here's the fourth thing that will happen if you have an idol in your heart, spiritual punishment. Spiritual punishment. Ezekiel 14, verse 10 says, And they, talking about the prophet and the person inquiring, shall bear their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be the same as the punishment of the one who inquired. The punishment of the prophet shall be the same as the punishment of the one who inquired. Do you know why the punishment is the same? Because if the prophet confirms the lifestyle of this person, the prophet has the same idol. See, the prophet is deceived also. Uh, a pastor friend of mine, matter of fact, Pastor Olin Griffin, who's going to come in October to preach on worship during this series, he's the best I know on worship. And he's the for, my former senior pastor. Um, he, was at, he was having lunch with a pastor one time, and something came up. I don't know how it came up. I just remember him telling this story about pastors who um, commit adultery and, and divorce and, and stay in the ministry. 
And, um, and I'm not saying that divorce is the unpardonable sin. I'm not saying that at all. If you've experienced that, I'm pleased and I'm not saying that. But when a, when a pastor is the offending party, and he's married and begins having an affair with another woman and divorces his wife and marries her and tries to stay in the ministry, that's wrong. That's wrong. And so something was said about that, and this pastor that Brother Olin was having lunch with just rose up. Like, well, what about grace and, and why can't, can't he be restored? And, da, da, da. and, and Pastor Olin, we left the lunch and he thought to himself, that was strange. Any of you know the end of the story? He was in an affair right then with his secretary, divorced his wife and married her. You see, if someone had come to him in the church at that time for counsel and asked about leaving the spouse with no grounds to leave the spouse, but leaving the spouse, even even if the person did have grounds, I understand that, that there, are, there are different situations, but I also believe that God can do anything. But what would the pastor's counsel have been? Why? Why would his counsel have been, yeah, you can do that, because the same idol was in his heart. So that's why the punishment is the same. Now let me tell you about this word punishment. This word punishment uh, is, is a word that's translated iniquity in many cases. It's actually the word that involves punishment of iniquity. The punishment of the iniquity is all one Hebrew word. And what it means is, it means the guilt and the consequences. So what he's saying is, the guilt and the consequences of the one who... Of the prophet will be the same as the one who required. So let me explain what I mean by it. God took all of our punishment on, on the cross. Jesus took all of our punishment on the cross. As we walk in the grace that he gave us. But as a believer, and, and for eternity, our salvation is secure. But as a believer, when we say, I'm going to go and, and, and not follow God and go this route, you had better believe you're going to suffer consequences. There are consequences for that act. And also there's guilt. I, I was talking with a man one time and he said, I've left my wife and I'm living with another woman and I feel so guilty. I said to him, there's a good reason for that. You are. <laughs> Isn't that right? The reason you feel guilty is because you are guilty. And then he said to me, but I'm a spirit-filled Christian. And I said, yes, and would you like for me to tell you some of the spirits you're filled with? Because you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't you ever tell me that that's the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. If you have an idol in your heart, this is where you're going. You're going toward deception. You're going to commit adultery, you're going to leave God, and you're going to go live with this demonic spirit. You're not going to be able to hear God, and you're going to bear the consequences of it. So what I'm pleading with you tonight to do is to turn your face. See, a lot of these scriptures in the Old Testament seem kind of strong. I understand that. But let me show you the grace. There's grace all through the Old Testament. Verse 5 says... I'm going to do this that I may seize the house of Israel by their hearts. Verse 5 in the New Living Translation says, I will do this to capture the minds and hearts of all my people. 
You understand when God says, I'm going to cut this guy off, what he's saying is, I hope he gets so miserable he comes home. I remember the Holy Spirit showing me an idol in my heart. I remember specifically God using this passage to just articulate with me what I've shown you today and said to me, Robert, the reason you can't hear me is because you've left my house and you're living with someone else. And here's the end of this road. And I remember a God-brought conviction coming over me and me understanding how serious it was that although I had not done anything outwardly because it was in my heart, I was still doing it to God. You know one of the, one of the scriptures that we totally, I think, only see one application of, but we miss it? The other application is when Jesus said, if you lust in your heart, you've still done it. And we only think about the natural application of that. What about the spiritual application? If it's in your heart, you've already committed adultery on God. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I know this was a strong message. But the only reason that I want to deliver a message like this is the same reason that God put this in His Word. Because He loves us. And because if we've set up some idol in our heart, we're starting down a road that's going to lead to destruction. So I I want you to pray tonight. And I want to know. I, I know it's a very serious thing to say. But do you have an idol in your heart? Is your heart going after something other than God? In just a moment, we're going to pray. And after we pray, we're going to stand. We'll have one more worship song. Pastor Walker will lead us. And, and our altar ministry team, as soon as we stand up, they just come as quickly as they can to the altar. And as soon as we stand up, if there's an area of your life that you want prayer in, I want you to come. If you don't know for sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. I want you to come. If you've been a believer for 30 years, but you're struggling with something, I want you to come. And I know after a message like this, I know how the devil talks. Here's what the devil says. Man, if you go down there, they're going to think you've got some big bad sin in your life. Well, let me tell you something. doesn't matter what they think. matters what he thinks. And there's no one here that's going to think that. There's no one here that's going to think that. This is a church filled with grace. No one here is going to think that. Because all of us, all of us can apply this message. All of us can. So I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to stand. As soon as we stand up, you step out and come to some one of the leaders here at the front and let us minister to you, all right? If you have a need for healing or the Holy Spirit or, or any need, this is your time to come. Any prayer need that you have. This is your time to come. Holy Spirit, I pray you, you would draw every person who needs any type of ministry tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.